up, Dog Pound? Is Anthony Schwartz? I'm just happy to be in Cleveland. I'm ready to be, the, be here. I'm ready to get that work in. Let's get it. Woo, woo. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to a very special 50th episode of the Dogs. Uh, we didn't know we'd get to episode 15, so to be here with all you guys, episode 50 is very special to us. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been with us, and we can't wait to make another 50 episodes for all of you. Uh, today, we have Brian Bosarge from Deep Fried Draft back with us to break down the Browns draft and tell us how we kind of stacked up against the rest of the AFC North. Before we get into that, remember to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please subscribe on YouTube. Also, we'll be picking the winners of the Northwest Group Contest, so stick with us to see if you won this awesome Baker Blanket or the Cloud Pillow. Hopefully, I don't know. Can you see the Baker Blanket? They can here in a second once I... Come on. I know. We got to get no. Kyle back in yeah, here. We got to get producer Kyle back in here quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there, there's the Baker Blanket. It's pretty it's awesome. sweet. Yeah. It's awesome. Yep. Okay. What are you looking at me for? You're up. I'm up. Yeah. Okay. Well... <laughs> breaking news so we have some uh breaking news as you heard uh this important psa is brought to you by manscape.com this is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for i didn't write that the manscape engineering team has confirmed that they have six successfully created the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer which is now available for purchase in the usa and canada so the lawnmower 4.0 is now available this new trimmer was just released only moments ago and we were one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news join over two 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with an exclusive offer for you. You get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I'm blown away by the performance, the craftsmanship, and the details on the 4.0 or next level. It's pretty sleek. <laughs> you can turn on and off the light. Yeah, uh, yep. It looks pretty awesome. It comes with different lengths now. So you don't got to go all the way down to the hardwood now. You can give yourself a fade. <laughs> yeah. You can have like my haircut, but you know, downstairs. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, their advanced ceramic blade and skin safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with our boy Elon Musk engineers to ensure that your testes are as safe as possible. Which, who doesn't love some safe testes? We all got to have awesome. safe testes, man. Uh, if you're wondering what makes this one different from the 3.0, it's a new multifunction on and off switch, which can engage a travel lock created for people who like to travel the lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000k led spotlight on and off when needed for a precise shave the new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guard lengths with one sizes one through four and looks wise it's like i said it's sleek it's matte it just got kind of a, a more modern cool look to it it's pretty awesome uh it's also waterproof you can groom in the shower uh wireless charging uh, if you're still trimming your face with your ball trimmer, it's time to make some changes. Yeah. And that's just, I feel like if you're doing that, yeah. you have other life changes you need to um, Yeah, I'm also. calling a timeout and say, hey, how about you use that 3.0 on the face and that 4.0 downstairs? Yeah. Yeah. My Lord. 
Yeah. Uh, no person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth and your balls will oh, thank you. Wow. <laughs> Again, I didn't write that. I didn't write that. Manscapes is just bringing the fire with the 4.0. Well, so, it is a pretty darn good product, though. I got to tell you. Yeah, they sent us one. It it's, re- it's really awesome. So, again, yes. get 20% off and free shipping with code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with code DOGS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. I'm off this weekend, so maybe uh, I'm just going to, like, hook up some racing stripes or something. You know, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I'm just going to go crazy. Who knows? You know, we'll see. I got a babysitter for a couple hours, too, while I'm doing the podcast. I may just run home real quick after this. <laughs> Do just, some grooming? Yeah. No before and afters, please. We're, no. We're good. No. Imagination is bad enough. Nobody <laughs> wants to be in that group text. Nope. So, as we mentioned in the open, as we transition, you know, as you guys see, Zach Cop isn't here today. So, we brought on somebody who actually knows football and knows what they're talking about. <laughs> so, we're happy to have Brian Bosarge from Deep Fried Draft back with us. We had him on about a month or so ago talking pre draft. Now, the Browns have actually done their draft. Uh, he's going to give us a little bit of insight on, you know, how the Browns did and how we stacked up against the AFC North. Uh, Brian, it's good to have you back with us. Hey guys, I'm glad to be back, and uh, I think I'll just stick. I'll just stick with my 3.0. <laughs> I say, there's a guy who's not mixing anything up with his face. Look at that beard. Yeah. <laughs> so, how did we do? Do you think you know? Were there any surprises? Um, were, I know I was kind of surprised that the Browns did not go edge, but you know, so at what, all, yeah, at all. What, but what do you think of the Browns draft? Um, I, I think. You have to enjoy the fact that you could sit back in where you were and and, and get two quality guys that both were first round pick value. I agree. That's what that's what blew my mind was the JOK at fifty two. Yeah. I know I know they said that there was health issues and stuff, but it, I mean all the doctors cleared him. Yep. Mm-hmm. And even the Browns said, you know, they like they brought him in. They have no issue with it. So I mean, you know. Everybody else's loss, I guess, is our gain. Did you did you think um, Newsom was good in the first round? I know on our live draft night, we kind of had our hopes that, you know, Bateman was still there and some of these edge rushers were there, so we were kind of hoping they would go that direction. So we've been getting grilled a lot for our live reaction for the Newsom pick. You know, as we've had time to look at him more and learn a little bit more about him, you know, we've kind of we've started to fall in love with him a little bit. But what's your thoughts on Newsom? I think after they had brought in McKinley, brought in Browning, the immediate need for edge rusher was kind of subdued a little bit. And in a couple of mock drafts I did, at least one I had them trading up for Greg Newsom. Okay. So to get him at 26, I think is probably a pretty good deal. Now, did the first round, not even just Browns particular, but as a whole, I thought there were some things the way it shook out was a little bit surprising, especially for somebody like Newsom to fall to us, and then even JOK fell into the second round. Was there any surprises in the first round that kind of caught you off guard? I think the biggest trigger point in the first round was at pick 10, because after the two corners went away, Dallas – Dallas moved out and and with Philadelphia trading back that triggered the Giants moving back which then lets them lets Chicago move up to get Justin Fields and then it starts kind of uh, the ball rolling for everything else that happened um were you surprised that Denver took a corner I know I was a little bit surprised on that 
a little bit because they, they you know, they spent a, a good bit of money in free agency on that. But I guess, but I guess they felt that Sertan's talent was too good to pass up. I can't really argue with that. I know. Um, I know we were pretty bummed. We were hoping to see, you know, all these quarterbacks and stuff start to go. Maybe see J.C. Horn slide to like mid-teens, and maybe the Browns would be able to do something. But then they took him. He was the first corner off the board. That was a little bit disappointing for us. I know, especially Justin. That was his. That was his boy. That's my guy. That was, but I mean, yeah, well, we weren't going to go up that high. I don't think ever. A guy can hope. No, I believe New Orleans would have been another team that would have would have come up. Um, so if Horn had failed, if you, I don't know if you've done draft grades or if you do, have you done anything like that yet? Overall, do you think you give the the Browns a? I give us an A, but you know, you watch a lot more college football and do a lot more draft stuff than I do. It really depends on how some of these like they they took some athletic risk. So I'm I'm kind of curious to see how that works out with some of their late round guys. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. We can kind of get into that in a sec. I wanted to just pick your brain real quick about Newsom. Where did you have him ranked? Because I I honestly can't remember if we talked about him before. Where did you have him ranked as far as the cornerbacks go? Was he the, the third best corner for you? Was he the fifth? I mean, where did you kind of have him, and who was ahead of him? I feel like I had him around fourth or fifth. I want to say. Uh, I know I had Fiatu Melifonwu ahead of him, and he ended up going the third round to the yeah. Lions. So, like I said, I want to say he was like fourth or fifth for me. Okay, because I know a lot of the a lot of the feedback that I've seen about the pick, you know, good and bad. You know, people are saying, you know, he's he's very talented. You know, he's he's a dog, like he's a baller. He's he he uh, gave up what less than a hundred hundred yards last year on those deep on deep targets and things like that but a lot of the reverse of that is that he didn't play a lot of you know top level competition um last year and that was really like his breakout year yeah i also had uh, asante samuel ahead of him as well um are you are you concerned with his injury history at all I mean, you always have to be concerned with anyone's injury history because if you stay injured in college, you tend to stay injured in the NFL. <laughs> that's yeah. that's kind of like what we're holding our breath on a little bit because I, I do – the more I looked into him, the more I, I've started to like about him. You know, I think I saw he didn't give up a, a catch on third down or in fourth down or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he kind of plays with a tenacity. And, I mean, against his best competition this year, I mean – Northwestern gave the Buckeyes fits. And so, um, yeah, but he only played 17 snaps in that game. They were the, the best 17 snaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Justin Fields struggled that whole game. I saw something too, and I, I don't know where I saw it. And it was something I like scanned over real quick, but I want to say that opposing QBR when he was targeted was like 15 or like 15.9, something very low. So uh, that was something that I took away. I was like, Oh, you know, Hey, that's, I mean that's really really good, but uh, that's that was my only thing going into it. I'm like, where where's the competition? Where's you know where's the elite receivers that you had to face? Because you're not going to get a slouch. You're not going to get a day off in the NFL. Especially, Everybody's good, especially AFC North now. You know the Ravens, they don't they don't have a ton of outside. I mean Bateman they just drafted and they brought in Watkins, but the Steelers have 
good receivers. Yes. And, you know, the Bengals, as Brian knows, are loaded Stacked. at receiving. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they might have the best receiving core in all of football. Very, very arguably, yeah, they could. So, I mean, you got to – I think, you know, the Browns – you always hear the talk. You can't have too many good secondary players. You know, you got to have a lot of depth there, especially in this division, which is kind of funny because the AFC North is an old, you know, bruiser division, mm-hmm. run the football, cold weather. But if you look around the division, the, the wide receiver talent's crazy. I mean, even the Browns are, are loaded at wide receiver. Um, So as we move into the second round, did you think JOK was kind of like everybody else, almost like a steal of the draft? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, he's just a playmaker. You watch Notre Dame on defense, he was around the ball. I mean, everybody, I want to say it was the Clemson game where he had uh, the the play of the game there. So, yeah, I mean, he, he and he fits a need for this team of as, a, as that rover, that, that hybrid dime linebacker safety type deal. So, yeah, for me too, I think the JOK yeah, is I, a. He'll fit there. Yeah, because. In a division with especially Lamar Jackson, who's always moving around. And then, you know, Joe Burrow is, he's not a standstill quarterback either. No, he's way more mobile. And then who knows what the Steelers will end up putting at quarterback in the future, you know, next couple of years, because Ben won't be there. I mean, it, and, you know, you look at the rest of the AFC, you got like Josh Allen's a mover, Patrick Mahomes can run. I mean, you've got all these guys that are quick as quarterbacks and you always have to be a little concerned about, are they going to take off and run? And now you have a guy who can handle that. I mean, I I love the versatility that we can do with our defensive sets now with him. Um, We need a guy who can go sideline to sideline. I know Ravens fans on our YouTube channel are saying that means they already got five yards. No, it doesn't. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's the most ignorant thing I've ever heard, but we need somebody who, again, the Browns have yet to figure out, the Lamar Jackson thing. Uh, you know, I, he's not a great thrower, but the dude is the best runner in the league, and the Browns haven't figured that puzzle out yet. So I think this is just one more piece to figuring that out. A healthy Jadeveon Clowney is going to go a long way to solving that uh, pursuit of Lamar Jackson. So can you give us a, a little bit of insight? I know a lot of people like to throw the fact that Jadavion Clowney didn't have any sacks, you know, and say he wasn't worth the money. And, you know, that's kind of what they give us, you know, crap about for signing him. But he impacts the game in other ways than just pure sacks. Um, do you have any insight on, you know, what he's going to be bringing to the table? I've pretty much followed Clowney since he come out of high school as a, as a Gamecocks fan as well. But Jadavian Clowney, to me, the, the disruption is production. You don't need all the flashy sack numbers to impact the game. Well, that's and been, he's definitely an impact player for the Browns this season. Yeah, that's and that's what we had said, too, was Clowney doesn't need to be racking up the sacks like crazy. That's what we got Miles Garrett for. And now he should be able to do that, like you said, Brian, if Clowney's in there disrupting everything you know, from his standpoint. And that frees up Miles and the rest of this D-line to get after it. Yeah, and I look at pressures. You right, know, moving, right. moving a quarterback off their spot, especially with the talent the Browns have in the secondary now, you know, that leads to more turnovers, more interceptions, that kind of stuff. So, you know, I agree that 
I mean, the Jadea Van Clowning signing, just because he doesn't put up gaudy sack, sack numbers, that doesn't mean it's not an impact signing for the Browns. Right, and don't forget the run support that he's going to provide, especially now, in, like we've talked about the quarterbacks in this division. You've got Joe Mixon, you've got uh, J.K. Dobbins, now you've got Najee Harris that you got to worry about. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to really need Clowney's production in that aspect as well. So as we move into the third... Absolutely, and... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Delay's a little bit off, so yeah. no, I didn't mean and, to and, jump on uh, you. Yeah, another, another thing with Clowney is on, on rushdowns, you're going to see him line up inside and impact the, the passing lanes through the middle. I like that, too. I mm-hmm. like, you know, his size and athleticism. He's a matchup nightmare, you know, on the interior. I like that you can move him inside, you can move him outside. He doesn't have to – he can stand up. He can have a hand on the ground. Um I think I mean we talked about this when we signed him. I think it's a it's a super good signing, especially considering we didn't really have to overpay for him. Yep. So as we move into the third, uh, Anthony Schwartz, you know, was a guy that I didn't really know who he was, and then they announced him and they said his forty time, and I was like, well, holy crap, I got to go look this guy up. <laughs> and then it turns out it's almost like you know. Just speed comparisons you've been hearing people talk about, you know, we drafted, you know, a, a Tyreek Hill type player. Are you seeing those comparisons? Well, I will, I believe on your mock draft show that we did about a month ago, I brought up Anthony Schwartz. And he is pure speed. And if he had concentrated on track, he could be running into 2021 Olympics this year. I mean, that's crazy. That's one thing they said was that Olympian speed, which I don't think you get that labeled very often. No, there's fast guys, and then there's Olympic fast guys, you know, so. Right. Well, but just to throw something out there, too, and Brian, we'll get your opinion on this, um, especially. So I was reading some stuff about Demetrik Felton, who we can get to later, but that was our six-round pick. But they said, you know, he ran a 4.58, I think, and that was – pretty much considered slow for, you know, kind of his skill set and his position. But they said, you know, there's a difference between, you know, track and field fast and then game speed. And they said that Felton's game speed, they clocked him at the senior bowl, was faster than anybody there. Um, so I just wonder how that applies to a guy like Anthony Schwartz, who has this absolute Olympian elite speed off the field. But, I mean, you've watched a lot of the tape, I'm sure. So what, what is his game speed like? He's fast, and and, and uh, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's a threat to go the distance anytime he gets the ball. But he was he was not creatively used at Auburn. Basically, he ran a go route or he run jet sweeps, and that was it. All right. Well, I so mean- I mean, I want to see what he gets. What a good offensive coordinator does. I kind of look for at the NFL level. I kind of look for like this year, you know, if he comes in and he gets this NFL coaching and they turn him into a great route runner right off the rip, that's (laughs) awesome for the Browns. I kind of look this year where I see him making his impact on those jet sweeps, those go routes, those bubble screens. And then I'm really looking to see how he progresses over the next two to three years and see how he develops in his route running to see if he can turn into that guy who's got crazy speed and is a good route runner. Because like we saw early in Tyreek Hill's career, he was just a fast guy, and now he's a great receiver. 
Mm-hmm. You yep. know, so I'm I'm kind of looking for that out of Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, like I said, it's it's going to be fun to track. He ran a ten oh seven hundred meters in high school. <laughs> That's quick. I'd run like a week one hundred meters. <laughs> I'd have to stop and get something to eat and get a drink. <laughs> oh man. So we're really excited about, you know, see what he can bring. And then in the fourth round, you know, we had two picks, and my computer's being really dumb. But we went with uh, James Hudson, 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 the tackle out of Cincinnati. Um, What what can you guys tell us about this? Because, you know, a lot of people, you know, that just watch football casually, they probably don't pay too much attention to the guys up front. Well, I can tell you this, Cincinnati beats Georgia in the Peach Bowl if he doesn't get ejected. Hmm. He was dominating Oziz Ojolari in the first half of that game. And then Ojolari took over when they had some six foot nine German guy in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good yeah. news. That means he stacked up. I mean, he was playing well against what people considered, you know, one of the premier edge rushers of this draft. And he was, you know, having one of his best games against him. I basically read, too. Yeah, he had a good week at the Senior Bowl, too. I basically read, too, that, like, if you throw him on the right side of the line, and I've said for two years now with Bill Callahan, mm-hmm. you, th- you throw any kind of, like, raw talent at that guy, and even develop talent, and he will develop, develop, <laughs> develop. That guy is so underappreciated. I mean, I, I appreciate him, but. Look what he did for White Teller. Oh, my goodness. That line, just those, you know, that whole group, that room is unreal under that guy. I was going to say it real quick, and you can kind of, maybe if you know some of this stuff too, Brian, you can jump in. Yeah, and uh, like I said, sorry, just so everybody listening knows, like we're on a little bit of a delay with Brian, so if it sounds a little weird or we're talking over him a little bit or whatever, that's, that's why. He's on a, he's hearing us on a little delay. And nope, I say I thought we lost him there for a second. No, no, I, I thought you were going to finish, finish what you were saying before that. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. <laughs> well, all right, then I'll just I'll just say. I uh, know, but but you you don't expect him to have to play early. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So his. I whole, mean, he's gonna, basically going to be your swing tackle this year. Yeah, his whole career arc was, you know, he. He committed. He went to um, signed with Michigan, and then I believe he signed with Michigan as a defensive lineman out of high school. And then they made him transition from defensive line to offensive line. I don't think he was completely thrilled about that when it happened. Um, I think he played a little. I think he played O line for Michigan for a year. I don't think he actually played though. You know, he was younger, and then he transferred to Cincinnati. Um, but his stats from last year were pretty impressive for a guy who's not you know not really that experienced mm-hmm. at playing offensive line yeah so like i said he's he, he's a guy he's a the draft and develop guy that you hope that bill callahan can develop into a solid offensive tackle and maybe he can fill in at guard if need be uh back up both tackle positions i think you basically drafted depth here I saw that too about him being able to step in and play guard if need be. Mm-hmm. So that's and that's what we talked about when we did our mock drafts was let's try to find a guy 
who can play, you know, we can kind of rotate in that, in that depth position. Like, okay, so if a guy goes down on this side or that side, whatever, we got a guy who can step in and, and hold his own at least for a few quarters or a game if he has to. I mean, yep. you saw it last year. We were playing with Blake Hans did it. Yeah. Yeah. You came in, pr- got a pregame practice in the parking garage. Yeah. <laughs> played guard that game. Then the next game, you know, in the playoffs, played tackle. So, yeah. You know, depth, you know, versatility up front, it, it's huge. Uh, so, a uh, second, fourth round pick, we actually picked a guy out of Ohio State, which is super rare for the uh, the Browns, but we took Tommy Tagai, the defensive tackle. Um, I was excited about this pick mostly because I'm a homer and I, and I love the Buckeyes, uh, but I do see him being able to make an impact. You know, I think if there's one place on this Browns team that, you know, the depth, you know, we needed to add depth to the defensive line because I just don't see us being crazy deep up there, especially with losing Sheldon Richardson. Right. Your best, you're hoping that he can come in and take some of the Larry Ogunjobi snaps. Have some, uh, maybe some interior pass rush help. I mean, a guy that you're not counting on to be an everyday starter, but somebody who can come in and do 10, 15 snaps a game. Well, okay. That'll be 10 or 15 snaps I like to watch him play. Yeah. And that, well, that's exactly what we needed him for, too. I mean, with uh, Malik Jackson coming in, you know, that that's, huge signing I think for the Browns that we haven't really talked that much about but I think he's going to play an important role in that defensive line and we're going to see that you know play out throughout the season so as we move into our next pick you know round five we took an in kind of one of these other hybrid linebacker safety type guys out of West Virginia we took Tony Fields a second um some of the knocks on him were you know he's basically JOK light He's he's not as fast. He's not as strong. He's not as athletic. But numbers wise, he still you know he still put up a lot of good numbers. Um, what do you think of taking a flyer on you know another hybrid linebacker in the fifth? He was productive at Arizona. Grad transfers in three years. Goes to West Virginia. Was productive there this season. He's not an elite athlete by any means. But I think what you're looking for here is your number five, number six linebacker. Guy that's active. If he's active, it's because he's a core special teamer. Okay. Um, Some of the, you know, we've been talking about this a little bit, and we've been getting a little bit of pushback. Some of these late round guys, do you think, you know, do you think they have a tough time making the team because the roster is already so deep? Yeah, I think you're going to see that with teams like Cleveland, teams like Buffalo, teams that are at deep rosters. You're going to see some of the struggle. I was, but that's where the expanded practice squad helps. Okay, I wasn't sure if they still had the expanded uh, practice squad this year or not. Um, I know we've been getting pushback on that. People are saying, you know, Taki Taki and Mac Wilson are going to be the odd guys out and stuff like that, and I just don't see us cutting. Guys who this is going to be, you're going to have way more experience in the system for, uh, you know, a fifth-round linebacker that we took out of out of college. Um, so we've been getting a little bit of pushback on that, so I wanted to kind of see what you were thinking. And, and, you know, if we do cut some of these rookies, I don't think it's an indictment on them. I think it's more of look how deep the roster has come for the Browns just in the last couple of years where four years ago 
Tony Fields would be coming in day one starter, yeah. <laughs> you know, fifth round. We'd be counting on him to call plays for the defense this year. So, you know, bravo to the Browns for kind of turning that roster around so quickly. Um, you know, round five, we had another second pick. We took Richard LeCount, the safety out of Georgia. What, what do you know about him? Did we get a steal? Is he a special teams? You know, what do we got? All right, here's the deal with Richard LeCount. Uh my tape grades on safeties, he was the second best I watched. His pro day was abysmal. <laughs> <laughs> and but I don't think he was healthy as his pro day. He he had like a he had like a moped, motorcycle wreck, something or something. He wasn't recovered and he probably shouldn't have participated. So Here's my thing about what you just said. So you said on tape he was the second best safety that you watched. His pro day was abysmal. There's only one of those two that I care about, and it's the tape on field. I don't care <laughs> about these guys' pro days. I mean, as long as the tape shows that they can play football and that they're good on the field, because like you said, these guys, we don't know what kind of other circumstances that they're dealing with whenever they go out there to run a 40 and they, they run a slow 40 or whatever, but then you watch them on, on tape and they're burning everybody. Listen, you know, I, there's only one of those that's true. I, I don't care what you do off the field because when when Sundays come around, you're playing on the field. Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's obviously it's only junior high football, but I coached junior high football for 10 years. And before we put the pads on, you wouldn't believe how many kids, you know, great in shorts. I mean, these guys, this is this guy's going to lead the, the league in touchdowns this year. And then we throw a helmet and some shoulder pads on him. And it's like, where'd this kid go? <laughs> You know, so I, I care right with you. I care about on-field production. I care about good football players, not, you know, good runners. Yeah. Uh, Brian, could you can you tell us a little bit about what you saw on the tape with Richard LeCount that made him the second best safety you saw? Because I don't think we've talked a lot about him, and I don't know. I've, I've heard from people that, that we got a good pick in this guy. He's He's going to be a leader on the defense when he plays. He's a ball hawk, probably more of a free safety than a strong safety. He could even play nickel, to be honest, if, if, if need be. He's not the best tackler in the world, uh, but he covers space so well. He anticipates well. He's, he's right where he needs to be on the field at all times. He just needs to finish better, and that's probably why and that's why, along with the pro day and everything else, is why he was available in the fifth round. Well, I mean, that's exactly what – that's a perfect pick for the Browns if he can develop into that kind of player that, that you've been describing here because we don't need him to be a leader on the defense this year. We don't need him to be a starter, to be a, a huge producer out there. Mm -hmm. But it, next year and the year after, if he can be, that is awesome. You know, and again, like we talked about, even with Newsom in the first round, you can't have too many right. good secondary players. And yeah, depth this year, because we saw that last year. You know, we're playing safeties and corners off the practice squad. We're signing guys today and playing them tomorrow. Like, we, we need this depth. Yep. So that takes us to our last pick, round six, running back out of UCLA, Demetric Felton. This guy's labeled as running back, but, you know, he kind of he hurts teams, you know, both as running back and wide receiver. We talked about versatility earlier. Uh, with some of our other picks, do you see this guy making an impact more as a running back or a receiver for the Browns? 
both, along with the returner as well. I think you can see him help there. Uh, Felton, I mean, he's the his the, the pro day was bad as well. It was just as bad as LeCount's. When you say, but like you but, said, the Senior Bowl is GPS was nineteen forty seven. That's what it was. Yep, miles an hour. Yeah. So, yeah. So he can he can run and he's elusive and quick and and the routes he was running to Senior Bowl he played wide receiver exclusively and it was incredible to see him out just just shaking some of these corners that got drafted in the second third. Okay, so that being said, um, were you surprised to see the Browns go running back in this draft when people you know consider us to have the best running back tandem in the league? And then Dearness Johnson, I, you know, I don't think he's a scrub. I don't think he's a scrub, but I think you know th- this will basically push him. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and whoever comes out of camp the best, you know. You go with, and the other you try to sneak to the practice squad. Okay, so that being said, then you know we talked about you know we talked about this just a couple minutes ago. I think there's going to be so much more competition at every single position in camp this year. Of these rookies, do you you know do you have a, an idea? Do you think which ones are shoe wins to make the roster, or which ones are going to have a tough time? Obviously, you know, I would say Newsom and JOK, Schwartz are making it, but any of these late-round guys you see, you know, they're going to have to really pop at camp to make the team? Sure. I mean, and that, and that's the that's the deal. I mean, uh, any of the day three guys are vulnerable if they, if they come out and struggle in camp. Like, if James Hudson doesn't pick it up, like, I mean, you're not going to cut Alex Taylor or one of these other guys – just to give him a roster lot. Okay. That's kind of, you know, so YouTube world, if you're listening, I'm not the only one saying that some of these guys might have a tough time making the team. The Browns are finally in a good position where they're going to release players and teams are going to be like, and other yep. teams are going to be lining up. Yeah. But, I mean, how many times have we seen in the past where the Browns were the ones rubbing our hands together like, all right, baby, who, I can't, who's, yeah. Yeah, who's we can't believe they cut that guy. Let's go get him. We're going to be the team cut. I mean, I think even as fans, we're going to be going, man, I can't believe we cut him. But it's because then you look at who then you're going to look at it, who's still on our roster. And you're like, well, I mean, who would you have replaced with? Him? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we get you out of here, I did want to ask, you know, so you. That's kind of how the Browns went. How do you think the rest of the AFC North shook up? Did how did we compare to you know what the Bengals, Steelers, and Ravens did? Who do you think won the draft out of the AFC North? Well, I'll start with the Bengals, and it really depends. We know Jamar Chase is going to be good. So for the Bengals draft class to hit, they need Jackson Carmen to be an immediate, immediate to be an immediate good starter. We need Deontay Smith to develop into a starting tackle in one to two years. Joseph Osai needs to come in and immediately be what Carl Lawson was. Cam Sample in the fourth round from Tulane, a guy I really like. Put on about 20 pounds, be an interior rusher. So that's that's kind of where the Bengals are. Um, let me scroll through my list here to Pittsburgh. 
Well, here, while you're scrolling, let me just ask you on air, because we talked a little bit beforehand. What was your reaction? Because, <clears throat> you know, you are a you know Bengals fan or whatever. So, <laughs> you know, whenever they made that selection of Jamar Chase um, with Penny Sewell on the on the board, what was what was your reaction? I mean, are, was that was that good? Were you glad that they went, you know, and got Joe Burrow another weapon rather than another protector? Or what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I kind of knew about a month before the draft that that's where they were going. But they struggled throwing the ball deep last year. So I think it, given Joe Burrow, his deep threat from LSU will make him more comfortable and all that. Plus, you have to get production out of the number one receiver spot. They gave A.J. Green like 112 targets last year and got nothing. So you give Jamar Chase those targets and you immediately make your team better. Yeah, I think he's gonna be a. I think he's gonna be a problem. Yeah, it kind of sucks. That, that yeah, team. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like it, it, it they're sucks. ready. All right. So do we? Yeah, have I mean, it's so. like you, you got to cover him, T. Higgins, Howard Boyd. I, I think you know. It, obviously, CJ Lama healthy. Yeah. Yeah. We're a Browns podcast, so you know, obviously, we're talking about the Browns turnaround. But, you know, and I'm not trying to show love to AFC North rivals, but the Bengals kind of turned it around quick, too. Yep. They, they did. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, we can't we can't sit here and just act like the Bengals are going to be two quick and easy wins next season because no. they're not going to be. They weren't no. easy they wins weren't, last Yeah, they weren't this, this past year. Yeah, so. they were tough. Super tough. It's a tough division. It really is. Top to bottom, it, it might it's the toughest division in football. Yeah, yeah. So you got uh, your Pukesburg stuff pulled up? <laughs> I do. Uh, I mean, they, they drafted Najee Harris in the first round. I think everybody expected them to draft Najee Harris. I mean, he's he's the Steeler player, right? And their second round pick, Pratt Firemuth, he, he fits the Steeler player. So, I mean, but overall, I, I wasn't enthralled with the Steelers draft. I think, you know, it, if they can hit on some of their middle round picks, they'll be okay. But they were probably my least favorite draft classes of the four AFC North teams. Oh, I love to hear that. That's, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I like to hear. They suck. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, how many times have we been talking about in the last 15 years where, I mean, they're just picking guys that – you know, and turn them into pro bowlers, which who's to say, you know, that's not going to happen now. But it's good to know that, you know, they kind of sucked this year. Well, one big thing, they I mean, they really needed offensive line help, yeah. and they did not – I don't think they got it. We talked about that, you know, before the show. People like to talk about the Bengals' offensive line needing help. The Steelers' offensive line was trash. Yeah, very trash. And they lost Villanueva. So I mean, I mean, they're going to struggle. Villanueva's out there now talking garbage about Juju, which is <laughs> just, he went to Baltimore, right? Yeah, he yeah. went to Baltimore. It's just it's so funny to see how some of this stuff plays out after you know the whole TikTok video thing with Juju, and now <laughs> what some of his former teammates thought about that. I, I would put a pretty hefty bet down that the Steelers aren't starting eleven and zero this year. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> So that'll take us into, you know, before we get out of here, the the Ravens who 
I hate just about as much as the Steelers, and I might hate their fans even more. <laughs> so uh, how do you think they did? They did well. And it's, it's, it sucks to say that. <laughs> but the, you had a true, like, number one receiver with Rashad Bateman of that team. And you get Odafe Owe, who's got all the potential way in the world. Uh, you, you talked about Jadavian Clowney not getting the sacks. Oway had no sacks last year at Penn State, but his disruption was tremendous. And then they drafted the Mountain from Game of Thrones to play guard in the third round. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Ben Cleveland, 6'6", 343. Tested better than any guard in this year's draft class. I know they were pumped to get him. I was watching a video, their their uh, war room or whatever it's called, whenever they drafted him, and they were all high-fiving each other. And then I saw the picture the like, Barstool posted of him standing next to his girlfriend or something. I was like, that's a, that's a lot of man. <laughs> I would say, well, they should be happy getting a guy named Cleveland because they wouldn't be anywhere without Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think, uh, you know, do you think the lack of wide receiver production in Baltimore is – because they didn't have good wide receivers or because Lamar Jackson isn't your traditional stand-in-the-pocket accurate thrower? Or is it a combination of both? I I think it's probably a combination of both. But you're going to give him a guy like Bateman. You're going to have a deep threat now with Hollywood Brown. You're going to have another guy they drafted in the fourth round, Tylen Wallace, who's a tremendous route runner. So I think their offense is going to be improved. I also like them getting Sean Wade in the fifth round, a potential nickel starting nickel corner for them down the road. So I know as a Buckeyes fans, I think I would have been really bummed that they got Sean Wade two years ago. And then after watching him this year, I was like, okay, you can have Sean Wade. Yeah. Right. Because he, man, he struggled bad at Ohio State this year. Yeah, I think him move, moving him back into the slot will be payoff for him. So, yeah, that 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 definitely hurt him. He outside is definitely not where he uh, uh, where he belongs. No, but it's not um, where he excels. So, I guess we'll see how it all shakes out. You know, I'm hoping Lamar just continues to not be able to really throw <laughs> uh, Bateman's career nose dives, and the Browns are hoisting the Lombardi Trophy this year. It really it it, it kind of <laughs> sucks because we were talking Rashad Bateman all Thursday night because, you know, he was – there had been some stories out there about the Browns potentially taking a receiver in the first round, and we knew he'd probably be available later in the first. And um, he's just – he's a great player. I've, I've really – I liked his college tape. I, I like the player. I was I was disappointed to see him go to Baltimore, not because it was Baltimore, but because I just don't think – he the potential for his career to take off early – is now smaller than what it could have been had he gone to Green <laughs> Bay or New Orleans or you know somebody with a, an accurate throwing quarterback. Yeah, for sure. But uh, like I said, I, I think Bateman's going to excel regardless. Well, that sucks. He's just a good player, <laughs> and by 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 all intents and purposes, he's a good person too. So yeah, and that's another thing I like. So about I don't want to wish any ill will on him. 
No, and I'm not wishing ill will on him. It's just I was – now I'm just like torn, you know, because I'm like I want to see him do well in the NFL. I'm not torn. Not no, now. I'm not torn at all. <laughs> he it's could, a very easy choice for me. Yeah. I hope he goes 0-16 every year of his career. Yeah. 0-17 <laughs> now, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they got room for one more loss. That's going to take some getting used to. Yeah, yeah it yep. is. I can't, I can't do math very well on the fly. So when I'm trying to like think of these <laughs> records, what these teams are going to go. Blake says, instead of going 8-8, eight and eight, now teams are going to go 9-7. and seven. I'm like, that's the <laughs> same thing. <laughs> hey, I, I'm a podcaster, not a mathematician. <laughs> um, all right. Well, hey, Brian, we want to thank you for being with us again today, giving us this draft breakdown. That was really awesome. Uh, hopefully the delay wasn't too hard on you. Uh, I think we, we got through it. And uh, we can't wait to have you guys, you know, have you back on. And for anybody who liked what Brian had to say, make sure you guys check out deepfrieddraft.com. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure talking to you guys. All right, man. Yeah, yep. you're awesome. We'll talk to man. you later. All right. Well, there's Brian's analysis, and it just sucks that he says the Ravens had a good draft, but we kind of knew that. Um, but it's awesome that, and I like how you put it, Pukesburg had a bad draft. Yes, and, you know, we can't expect every team in our division to go to crap in the same year. So if Pittsburgh wants to get, you know, the ball rolling, you know, <laughs> feel free to go ahead and, you know, start nose diving off a cliff. Um you know, I kind of said the same thing about Pittsburgh last year. Then they started eleven and zero. So yeah. who knows how it's going to go? Yeah, but, but look how they ended. Yes, how two they, straight losses to the Browns. That's all that matters. How they ended is a little bit more about kind of how I saw their season going. I picked us to sweep them last year. No, we beat them two out of three. That's pretty close. So yeah. um, the two one, the two that mattered. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With you know, we're not even going to talk about the fact that we didn't have a coach or an offensive line or receivers or for the one game. And then when we yeah. did have those guys back, we came That's out right. and pummeled them. So, but all right. So I think Josh, if you're reading the show outline, which I'm not, <laughs> I'm just going to casually slide That's this in cue. here. I yeah. think we're going to, I think we're going to, you know, pick some winners now for the contest, right? Yeah. Let's yep. do it. So, yeah. So we've got the, the contest winners, the, oh, I do not have the cloud pillow over here in the, it's over there. But anyway, so we saw the Baker. I'll switch over to that camera real quick. We saw the Baker blanket. So somebody's about to win that and somebody's going to win that cloud pillow. So let's do this real quick. I've got all the names entered here. Are you guys ready? Oh, yeah. So which one are we going to do first, cloud pillow or Baker blanket? I say you go cloud pillow. Yeah. This Baker blanket's fire. So I think it should be the uh, grand prize. All right. Yep. All right. So here's the Cleveland Browns cloud pillow. And the winner is Omesh Singh. Um, congratulations, Omesh. You have won the cloud pillow, and I will be sending you an email in the next few days to get your shipping information. Awesome. Congrats. Yep. yep. All right. So now we're going to move on to this fire baker blanket, right? Yeah. All right. The winner is Ezra Bullock. Congratulations, Ezra. Congratulations, Ezra. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of happy it was two people that I don't know who they are. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. You know, we had, we definitely had some entrance. You know, it wasn't just like my immediate friends trying to win this cool blanket that we had. <laughs> uh, so thank you guys for participating, um, especially to you guys who put the uh, the reviews up on Apple Podcasts. That was really awesome. Yeah, yeah, we really do appreciate that. And, you know, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please go leave us a five-star review. Um, those really do help us out. It helps us get... Um, it helps us move up the, the, the board on Apple, helps us get uh, discovered by more and more Browns fans. So, you know, the more Browns fans we can bring together, the better, because 
That's what we're here for. Yeah. And we want to thank the Northwest Group for, you know, donating the uh, prizes for this contest. Head to the northwest.com. You can get 25% off your entire order at checkout. 25% off is pretty awesome. This blanket's sweet. The cloud pillow is awesome. If you got kids, they got Moana stuff. There's Star Wars stuff on there. Yeah. May the fourth be with you. We just passed that. So yep. yeah, so there's a lot of cool stuff there. So yeah, check it out and use promo code Dogs D A W G S. You get 25 percent off your entire order. So before we get out of here today, there was you know I'm not going to call it Browns news. We'll call it more like the media just starting crap about the Browns again this week. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, a ton of talk ever since the draft about him wanting out. And people are saying the Browns should trade for him. We kind of had this talk with Deshaun Watson earlier in the offseason. And so I think you'll be a little bit surprised where I stand this time on this argument. But And it was an argument. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think we had a little back and forth. I don't think Zach was here for that either. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Neither was the statue. So at least somebody <laughs> stepping in for this one. Uh what I'll let you guys go. What do you what do you think? I saw a, a proposed trade where the Browns gave up. I think it was Baker, yep. David Njoku, and then what, a first and a second or two firsts? Yep, two so firsts. Tw- yeah, 2022 first-round pick, 2023 first-round pick. And then we got, what, Aaron Rodgers, and then didn't we get somebody else? I wanted to say it was Eric Stokes. No, was, it was, was um, Stokes. Josh. Was it Josh Jackson or jo- Justin corner, Jackson? It was a, it was a corner. Yeah, I can't okay. remember. I know it was a Jackson. I okay. can't remember the first name. So what do you guys think? I mean, should we trade for Aaron Rodgers in this year? Uh, so Aaron Rodgers, just for the record, is a stud. The guy is probably the most accurate. Well, let's say as far as touchdown to interception ratio, he's the best to ever do it. He's coming off a 50 touchdown to what? Five interception season. Something ridiculous. MVP season. Um, the guy is an absolute stud in saying that. I kind of think you stick with Baker. I well, just, I, and, I've, and I take <laughs> a lot. Look who changed his tune this week. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. So <laughs> I, it's not that I changed my tune. I'm just, for argument's sake, I like just getting you guys riled up at like 8 o'clock in the morning. You know, I'm still wide awake. It's I'm just about getting 8 o'clock work. in the morning now. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. But um, no, I'm, I'm always a loyal to the soil guy. I feel like Baker earned his chance. Um, for me, don't get me wrong. I think the playbook opens up big time if you bring Aaron Rodgers in. I think it gives you a complete different dynamic of what you can do. Um, but in saying that, you know, I, Baker's our guy. He he deserves an opportunity to see what he can do with this team. And then the future is bright with Baker. That's that's my thing is I don't see any reason whatsoever to mortgage the future for something that we don't need to mortgage it for. Like Baker is already – he's shown us that – he can win a Super Bowl with the Browns. He can lead the Browns to a Super Bowl, and he can win a Super Bowl. We just need we just need the players around him. We've already got the O-line. We've got the running backs. We've got the receiving core. We just need a defense last year, and who knows what we could have done. And the way he progressed through Stefanski's offense from you know having three head coaches before this in two years and then coming into a whole new system, learning it over Zoom, I mean, it was an absolute nightmare last year scenario, and he excelled. I mean, by the end of the year – his progression was like, okay, th- this kid, this kid could be an MVP in this league. I truly do believe that. You think he could be an MVP? Yes. In the end, of, Baker absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, like I said, I said in season, that, he played like one. When game. we were arguing the other day, I said I would not be surprised if he was in the MVP conversation. You know, in 
November, December this year, 2021. I do think, I think I saw John Clayton was on Cleveland radio this week and said he thinks Baker Mayfield could be a top 10 quarterback this year. I completely agree with that. So to people who listened to the episode a while back and heard me say, you know, I would trade Deshaun Watson for Baker Mayfield straight up. Um, Wouldn't do that today, by the way. But but would I, would I even trade Baker Mayfield for Aaron Rodgers straight up right now? I don't even know if I would, because look no further than, if you want to see a, a, a player who is just a headache and honestly a tool, it's Aaron Rodgers. And where does he have a right to gripe about a franchise treating him poorly? If anybody did, it, it was Deshaun Watson. That t- that franchise actually did him dirty since he came into the league. Aaron Rodgers has played with stud, all pro, all uh, receivers, and running backs literally since he took over the starting role. Yep. Yep. And it, the thing is now, you you know, we're talking about Watson and we're talking about Rodgers and I'm seeing so many similarities to the way they've handled their situations. I mean, both threatened retirement if they didn't get what they wanted. I'm That's not the, I understand it's a business. I get that whole side of things. But at the end of the day, we're Browns fans, we're football fans. We want to see the game. You know, the, the business thing, we understand that that's part of it. That's what it is. But we want to watch football. I, I don't know. I do not want the quarterback leading my team out there saying, well, if I don't get my way, I'll just retire. Well, see here. I think there's a huge difference between the way Deshaun Watson and the way Aaron Rodgers handled yeah, things. There is a huge difference. The way they handle things or the way they were handled the way, the way, yeah, the way <laughs> they both. handle things. Deshaun Watson put up with this. First of all, where did this come from out of Aaron Rodgers? You literally just won MVP. Well, he's been, he's been griping for years though. He literally just won MVP. They fired the coach that you didn't like. They brought in a, a young offensive-minded coach who turned you into the league MVP. Deshaun Watson was – they traded – I mean, the the Texans are awful and didn't have a first or second round pick this year. You know, they traded his number one receiver. They, they ha- they've had no offensive line for his entire career. Um, no running backs. I mean, did he ever get to play with Arian Foster? Or was that before his time? Mm. So well, if he did, it was it was late when late he wasn't career. Good. Yeah, Foster, no, I mean, yeah. no, not, nothing against Duke Johnson, but Duke Johnson's not a lead back in no, this league. No, you know. So if there's one of these players who has a reason to complain, it was Deshaun. Aaron Rodgers, in my book, has literally no reason to be upset with the Packers whatsoever. So <laughs> I do think that there's something. There is like an attitude thing that follows him around. Like I think, and like we sent like we send jokes around. We're like, this guy doesn't talk to his family. Like we we he laugh about it. He does it. It is a joke. Um, but like so for me, there is like I don't think it's good mojo to have around your team. And I feel like he's the kind of guy that kind of in a locker room he has he's a big enough personality to go above your coach, which I don't think you need that, especially with a young coach. I mean, you're seeing that now with Matt Lafleur and. Green Bay. My only thing, though, with Green Bay, and you guys can say, well, that that doesn't really do it. All he asked for in 2019 was, hey, go get me a weapon so that I don't just have to throw the ball to Devontae Adams a million times, which is working well. Let's just keep that in mind. He does that really well. And there are weapons on that team, but he just said, hey, you know, make it easier for me. And then they went and drafted his backup future quarterback. Yeah, but the first round pick traded into the first round. I mean, they got him a stud tight end. They re-signed his running back. I mean, they, not, they, they must not be doing too poorly. He threw 50 touchdowns right, and only had five picks, right. and they won 13 games and went to the NFC Championship. So maybe they know what they're doing. 
Maybe they don't need Aaron Rodgers' input. I think we've seen with, uh, like, the Cavs, look what happens to a franchise when you let the players start making uh, personnel decisions. The Cavs are still the laughing stock of the NBA because LeBron got to sign all of his friends to contracts yeah. after they won the championship. Well, and that's a good point, too, comparing Watson with Rodgers, the whole situation, because they did actually tell Deshaun Watson in Houston that he would have input, and yeah. then they didn't give him that input. Correct. So I, I guess I understand your argument from that perspective, like, Somebody tells you, hey, we're going to get your opinion on this, and then they don't. Well, okay, now I'm pretty PO'd about it. Rodgers, there's been no reports that the Packers said, hey, we're going to make sure you have input on this decision or that decision. It's it's just know, a we're weird, running the team, man. The whole thing's the whole dynamic is, isn't great. And then I feel like, and I, I, don't, I don't know Aaron Rodgers, but I feel like his timing is terrible every i feel like every year it's just bad timing it's like the day before the draft you have all these kids there it's this it's their moment you know what i mean like this is they've worked their whole life for this and i feel like he just kind of just has to sneak in and just be like by the way guys i don't want to be the quarterback of the green Bay packers anymore <laughs> he's and an he just steals draft night yeah. he's an egomania i mean greg jennings was a great receiver with him and him and greg jennings don't get greg jennings goes on con coward show and basically talks crap about him all the time like they they're not they're not friends and i don't think aaron Rodgers really has that many friends i mean i don't know him personally like but i know his mom doesn't like him <laughs> you know so i made uh, terrible uh life decisions and my mom still loves me yeah. so I, you know now I, we've come a long way but you know hey you know, so, I, you know and and again the trading aaron Rodgers is 37 i do i'm gonna before we get out of here con coward did a segment the other day where he said, for the next 10 years, which quarterback would you rather have, Aaron Rodgers or, or such and such? And he took Aaron Rodgers over Baker Mayfield the next 10 years. 10 years from now, Aaron Rodgers will be 47 years old. Almost retired. 50. Yeah. He'll be retired. I'm like, bro, shut up. There's Okay, come on. Talk about a troll well, It's just job. like when he did that segment about uh, Baker or the field. And we, you know, we did an, a show on that. And it was <laughs> yeah. for the next five years, who would you rather have, these quarterbacks or Baker? Yeah. And most of them were complete bogus anyway. So Yeah, I mean – 10 years and you'd rather Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be in the league in four years. I, I, I will no. say this. I think, I think he'll be, he's got at least three or four more years in him. I think he's got three or four more years. If you look at what Tom Brady's done now, Tom Brady's a freak, you know, he's, he's different. Um, but Aaron Rodgers plays a way different game than Tom Brady. I, I agree. But here's my thing. If you, if you can, get no garbage Aaron Rodgers and you just get raw talent and you get what he brings to the table and even like straight up I think you put him on that on that Cleveland's roster I'm and people make the argument hey his playoff record's terrible blah 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 he doesn't step up in the big game I mean hey the guy's got a Super Bowl that's something that we don't have in Cleveland true no there's no questioning he's one of the most talented quarterbacks Ever. ever. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Ever. Flat out. I think he's the most effortless thrower of the football I've ever seen. He literally like flicks his wrist and it just, the wrist. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's on a line. He doesn't have to set his feet. I mean, it, he yeah. is pretty impressive the way he plays the game. He's awesome. It's just he's 37. He's a tool. And Baker Mayfield is going to be a top 10 quarterback. Oh, for it's, sure. So, so why deal with the headache? Yeah. If you don't have to. Well, and that's the thing. Because I mean, and we can sit here and just like we did with Watson, we can talk straight up, you know, this guy for that guy. But that's never going to be the case. So you would have to mortgage some sort of future to bring in a guy like Rodgers. When I'm yep. telling you right now, the guy who can lead Cleveland to a Super Bowl championship is on our roster. He's yeah. number six. He's QB1. He is a dog. Do we think it's strange, though, that like 
how long ago was the Deshaun Watson stuff? Like how couple, long? A couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Is it strange that a couple months ago Cleveland fans made the argument, "Hey, let's go get Deshaun Watson," and now today you, I literally think Aaron Rodgers is a better talent than Deshaun Watson, and you're seeing Cleveland fans come to Baker Mayfield's defense and say, "Hey, he's our guy." This is the and you're and it's I'm not the only one. It's not like I'm just the crazy loyal to the soil guy. You're seeing Cleveland fans literally unite on it and say, "Hey." We don't want Aaron Rodgers, which is kind of crazy. I just said I didn't want Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's crazy to me. And I, well, I, I know that, you know, we and, talk about it, but and, it's... And don't get me wrong. If, if something crazy happened and Aaron Rodgers was on the Browns, I think he would be very good. Oh, yes. That being said, I'm not trading for him. No, right. and I think if you had Baker Mayfield on the Green Bay Packers, he would be very good. I think he would run that offense well. It, it's kind of a similar offense. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they all come from like that Shanahan style of offense. Um, all right. Well, I just want to get our quick thoughts on that. I wish Zach would have been here. What do you think, Zach? Oh, oh okay. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I just want to get some quick thoughts on that. You know, let us know what you guys think. You know, I think overwhelmingly Browns fans they want Baker Mayfield to be the guy. We're excited to see him play this year. Um, Man, I cannot freaking wait. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, I didn't hurt Aaron Rodgers' feelings when I called him a tool. Uh, he won't talk to you anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll just I'll I'll be at your mom's house if you want to talk. Uh, <laughs> so we want to thank you guys for checking out another episode of the Dogs. Big thank you to Brian Bosarge from Deep Fried Draft for being with us today. Uh, check out all of his draft coverage, draft grades, anything draft related. Uh, head to deepfrieddraft.com. Check it out. Uh, remember to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please subscribe on YouTube. Uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify. Leave us a five-star review if you don't mind. Um, again, thanks for checking out uh, another episode of The Dogs, the 50th episode. Woo, woo, woo. Woo, woo. Yeah, and, man. Uh, we'll see you guys all next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast and become an official Dog Pack member and join the dogs.com.